welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, there's just been so much conference yeah. nonsense this week. and um, Nonsense is a good word. It's, it's, yeah, it's just hard to make heads or tails. You know, like you said in the group message with you and uh, Steve earlier this week that we were in, Seeing Miami not be in it should have been a pretty good indicator that it wasn't true. But, um, <laughs> and it also makes me think like Miami is definitely in the middle of backdoor conversations. So mm-hmm. they're probably hosting C- uh, SEC conference leaders on a boat in Miami with. Well, know, I'm hearing the Big Ten is also Miami. very interested. Probably. Probably. Getting that's a new Florida market for Big Ten then. That's like the state of Florida. You get in the state of Florida then. That's a new market. Yeah. Probably hosting them both. Probably a fight to the death at some point on a back of a yacht in international waters. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, well, it's not illegal if it's in international waters. I mean, well, it's illegal, <laughs> but it's not. No one can arrest you. Yeah. I, but, you know, that's what, that's what has really happened this summer. A lot of off-the-field news to talk about. But also, we have the time in the summer to, like, reflect and, and kind of look back at what we kind of coasted through uh, during the year, particularly uh, this spring. So to do that, Joe, I want to jump right in. We're going to have Mark Berman uh, from the Roanoke Times there on to let's talk um, Virginia Tech Diamond Sports and uh, look back at what they did in the spring. Mark, thanks for coming on with us. Good to be with you. So, you know, we had two great runs on the Diamond Sports between uh, the softball and baseball, but softball, you know, came in with expectations. So let's start there. Uh, They came in with, you know, hoping to make a run for the ACC title had hopes of making a run in the uh, college world series there and they came up one game short and uh, lost in that third and decisive game of the super regional the first time virginia tech ever got to host a super regional you know that run was just really special talk about you know that group of girls this year that was able to lead them so far in blacksburg this year yeah, I mean, you know, they were ranked like number 10 in the preseason and yes. you know, they, they exceeded expectations. I mean, they uh, wound up as number three overall seed in the NCAAs, uh, got to host the regional for the first time and, and then got to host the super regional uh, for the first time. Um, you know, there were there was four straight weekends there in Blacksburg where it was uh, Tech hosting a softball regional, Tech hosting a softball super regional. Uh, Tech hosting a baseball regional and Tech hosting a baseball super regional. I mean, it was four memorable weekends there in Blacksburg. Um, quite quite a uh, quite a run there. Uh, but yeah, softball exceeded expectations because uh, uh, they wound up doing, you know, being one of the, the better teams in the country, not just a top 10 team. And, uh, you know, they won 46 games. They won the ACC regular season title. Uh, like I said, it was very special for them to be able to host for the first time a, a regional. And but this was the second straight year they finished one game short of the Women's College World Series. Uh, uh, this time they were at home last last year. They uh, lost at uh, UCLA, the Super Regionals, uh, made it to a game three there. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really good team. You know, they uh, Keely Rochard uh, again was the team's ace. Uh, she's now pitching professionally. This was her fifth and final year in Blacksburg, and you know she uh, uh, you know she had a great year. Went twenty six and four, uh, over three hundred strikeouts. Uh, and this year, unlike last year, they had a strong number two pitcher. That was one of the goals going into the year. Was okay. We you know we need to we really need a, a good number two uh, besides Keely. Uh, to kind of uh, separate us to make us better than last year and separate us from a lot of teams. And they got that with Emma Ritter, a freshman from a Jefferson Forest High School in uh, Bedford County, uh, Virginia. And uh, she uh, uh, went 16 and six. You know, she was the ACC freshman of the year. Uh, you know, and Keely, of course, was the ACC pitcher of the year. And um, 
Uh, you know, so the, the emergence of, of a Ritter made it made a big difference this year, uh, gave them an element they did not have last year in terms of having a strong number two pitcher, another uh, another starter to throw out there on the weekend against ACC teams. Uh, so they weren't constantly seeing uh, Keely Rochard uh, and, 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 you know, seeing her so much that they got used to her pitches. Uh, and then, of course, it was a really good uh, batting lineup. Uh, you know, Emma Ritter hit 400 and, and uh uh, Meredith Slaw hit 353, Cameron Fagan 351, um, Morgan Overidas hit 341, Bree Peck hit 320. They'll all be back next year. That's uh, Darby, Darby Trell, who hit 319, she's the only regular uh, in the batting order that's not going to be back. Uh, and then, of course, people like Kelsey Bennett, who hit 298, um, Kelsey Brown hit 289. Uh, Jamie Bailey hit 287. They'll all be back next year as well. Uh, the only regulars they from the batting order they lose are Darby Trull, who I mentioned, and Mackenzie Lauder, uh, the all ACC second team catcher, uh, who uh, did a great job call, calling the pitches. Uh, so they just lose from the batting order, Mackenzie Lauder and Darby Trull. And of course, obviously, Keely Rochard, big, a uh, big loss there, uh, the ace of the pitching staff. Uh, but of course, Emma Ritter, Emma Ritter, uh, Emma Lemley returns. And of course, Lemley will be. Uh, uh, no doubt, uh, moving up into that ace uh, ace role uh, next season. So yeah, they had quite a quite a season there. Uh, unfortunately, just finished one win short of the um, of the women's college world series. They were hoping to become the second uh, Tech softball team to make it that far. Uh, the only team that's done that from Blacksburg is uh, the team that Angela Tincher uh, led to the uh, World Series back in uh, two thousand eight. Well, you, you have experience talking about this team. You just you basically took up all my questions about softball there, placing them in history and what they were able to do uh, previously. When I was at Virginia Tech, you know, that was around the time Tensher came through there. And, you know, she was a real special pitcher. But I'm excited about what Coach Pete DeMore has been able to do, you know, getting into this program and really building it back up to this level where expectations are are high you know talk about the security of him being at, at virginia tech and and you know the outlook for him as the head coach there yeah i mean it was really a he, he really trying to be a great hire uh by wood babcock one of many great hires by babcock obviously he, he struck out in football there with justin fuente but he's made a lot of other great hires there uh and not only did he hire you know pete Moore, who was ac coach of the year this year for the second time uh, another example you know he hired john chef uh, who was the ACC baseball coach of the year this year. So, you know, uh, Tech had, had both the ACC baseball coach of the year and the ACC softball coach of the year. And, uh, you know, Pete DeMoore did a great job of, of turning this team, which had done so well for so many years under Scott Thomas, but it started to, you know, had declined the last few years of the Thomas reign. And that's why Thomas was shown the door by Babcock. Uh, the, you know, the team had uh, regressed, the program had regressed. And then, uh, you know, DeMore instantly, quickly uh, got the team back. You know, the team, uh, and obviously, you know, thanks in part to Thomas and the, the players Thomas had recruited, um, you know, he got the uh, DeMore, uh, uh, you know, got this team back uh, into the NCAAs in his first year in 2019. Obviously, there was no NCAAs in 2020. And then in, in 2021 and 2022, they made the Super Regionals. And, of course, you know, uh, with, with Emma Lemley back and, and uh, most of the batting order back, uh, you know, Pete Moore said it in, in his in the press conference after their final game of the season. You know, he said, "If I don't, if we don't, if we don't make the regionals again next year, I'll eat my hat." So, uh, you know, now notice he said regionals, not super regionals. So, you know, uh, <laughs> but he's, you know, but obviously that shows that uh, you know they're expecting you know to be in the NCAA's again next year. Uh, uh, you know, and and obviously, um, you know, uh, Demore uh, has been a big part of that. You know. Uh, uh, you know, Demore after last year, you know, he set out, uh, you know, he wanted to um, beef up the schedule 
would, uh, and so they could, uh, you know, have a resume good enough to host. And, and so he put a lot of tough teams on the schedule and on conference and they beat them and the goal was fulfilled. The mission accomplished, uh, they achieved, you know, they got to host, uh, the, the NCAAs for the first time. So, um, uh, the regionals. So, uh, you know, that was a, a, a good move in the off season that, uh, that worked out there. Um, you know, DeMore saw that they wanted, they needed to play a tougher schedule to, uh, to get to host and, and they, and then they, they did that. So I, I want to ask you, since you follow primarily softball and baseball, but you're around the campus a lot, I'm sure. And have you noticed, is it, you touched on Whip Babcock crushing almost all of these hires other than football, which as Leland was saying, you know, it's almost like you listen to our podcast. We, we bang on that one a lot, but, um, the yeah, other I mean, ones he's I cover, you know, I, I, you know, I cover all the tech sports, yeah. you know. So uh, like is it a culture football. thing there that you, you know have I mean? noticed yeah. the change in? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, obviously men's and women's basketball both made the NCAAs this year. Uh, you know, Mike Young, a Whip Babcock hire, uh, is the coach of the men's basketball team. Uh Kenny Brooks, a Whip Babcock hire, is the coach of the women's basketball team. And um, you know, they've had a just tech just had a great uh, all sports year this year, obviously. Uh, football, not so much, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, men's and women's basketball made the NCAAs, baseball and softball made the NCAAs, men's and women's soccer made the NCAAs, uh, uh, tech wrestling uh, uh, finished in the top 10 in the NCAAs, um, uh, tech had oh, tech women's track, uh, had a top 10 in the indoor, indoor track at the NCAAs um, and had two NCAA individual champions in indoor track, women's indoor track. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, you know, a, a quite women's golf made the NCAAs. So, yeah, it, it's it's uh, they tech had a great all sports success this year. Uh, and uh, and of course, football did make a bowl game. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, and a lot of that is is to do with uh, with Babcock and, and some of the coaches that he hired there. And of course, you know, the money they put into the pro, you know, having the money to put into the, to, into the uh, into having the money to put into into the programs uh, helps as well. So. Um, we'll talk about baseball really quickly. And then I want to go back to that point you just made. Um, but with baseball, I know we've touched on them a few times already. Another great season for them. They got to host a regional and a super regional and kind of like the softball team. They come up just short, uh, on the ultimate goal of getting to Omaha, but a, a very successful season for them, which was more surprising. I want to say I did, the softball team went, made a deep run last year. So it wasn't as stunning to see them kind of repeat, but the baseball team kind of, was a little more surprising to me. Did you feel the same way? Well, it was, it was a total surprise. I mean, they, they, these guys were picked sixth in the yeah. coastal division in the uh, preseason coaches poll out of seven teams. So yeah, I mean, they made the NCAAs for the first time in nine years. So yeah, this was this was a surprise team, and it, it turned out to be a, a really great team. You know, they won forty five games and they uh, made the NCAAs for the first time in nine years. Uh, then they won that and they hosted a super regional for the first time, um, making the super regional for the first time. And, uh, uh, you know, they won the Coastal Division title for the first time, top seed in the ACC tournament for the first time. So, yeah, this was a, a really special, unexpected year uh, for Tech baseball. And they wound up being, you know, the number four overall seed in, in, the, uh, in the NCAA baseball tournament. It was, it was quite a year for them. I mean, you know, they had a lot of guys that, uh, 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 you know, that did great. I mean, you know, then, and then next week uh, coming up is the uh, – uh, the um, uh, as the Major League Baseball draft starts um, uh, June 7, uh, July 17th, mm -hmm. uh, goes for three days. And, you know, you're going to see Gavin Cross uh, go in the first round. Uh, he, hit, you know, he hit 328 with 17 homers this year. Um, uh, Tanner Schobel of the shortstop will probably be a top five round guy. Uh, hit 362 with 19 homers. 
Uh, Cade Hunter, the catcher, will also probably be a top five round guy. Uh, he hit 330 with uh, 17 homers. Uh, Nick Bittison, uh, in his final year in, in Blacksburg, uh, he'll probably uh, you know be a top 10 round or so guy. You know, he hit 351 with 14 homers. Uh, so they're going to lose, you know, all those guys to the draft, uh, four great guys. Uh, but, you know, they, they just had an, a, a really uh, awesome uh, batting order this year. Uh, Jack Hurley, who, who will be back next year, he had 375 with 14 homers. Um, Carson Martini, who will be back next year, he had 341 with 15 homers. Um, Edward, Eduardo Malinowski, one of the newcomers that helped this year, he was a grad transfer from Penn. He had 12 homers. Uh, they lose him as well. And then, of course, pitching-wise, uh, another newcomer uh, like Malinowski and like uh, D. Martini, who was a freshman, uh, Drew Hackenberg, a freshman, uh, he went 10-2. and two. Uh, He's the brother of uh, Christian Hackenberg, who people may remember as the former Penn State quarterback. Um, he played at the Miller School, pitched for uh, Billy Wagner, the former uh, Ferrum College and uh, Major League Baseball uh, great. And uh, Drew Hackenberg uh, had, had a great year. And uh, Griffin Green really came on. Uh, pitching and, and became a, uh, a reliable number two starter. Um, so you had a bunch of guys, you know, improving from last year, like Griffin Green, like uh, Hurley, like uh, Bittison, uh, like Schobel, uh, like Hunter. And then you had uh, some newcomers uh, like Martini and Hackenberg and Malinowski who made an impact as well. Uh, so that all added up to a, uh, a great year for the Hokies. And of course, uh, part of, you know, unfortunately for the Hokies, you know, they're going to lose a, a bunch of talented guys in the upcoming uh, major league draft. Yeah. But it's one of those good problems to have though. Trans- yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a trade-off there, but uh, they've also been active in the transfer portal. I've seen, you know, some names coming through with, with guys with some expectations coming in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, you know, the, the several key players will be back. I mean, Jack, you know, Jack Hurley will be back. Uh, Carson Martin will be back. Drew Hackenberg will be back, so they've got some stuff to build on. But obviously, they've got more holes to fill uh, than than softball uh, uh, in terms of uh, trying to maintain that success next season. But of course, you know John Shep, uh, you know again uh, ACC Coach of the Year, um, you know he's, he's got that program back to where they want it to be. And now it's just a question of you know uh, can they maintain that? You know, or will they be having a dip as they reload and and uh, restock? Uh, to try to uh, get to that point where they've got an, a, 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 you know, a, a, a bunch of uh, guys that are uh, experienced enough and good enough to, uh, to make another run. Well, you know, we shall see. So, so what stood out to me during these, uh, both the Diamond Sports success was the fan support. And it, it seemed like a hungry fan base for these two sports to kind of return to some glory here. And, and, and we had great fan support, very apparent on the TV. That's where I was able to, to view it from, uh, you know, your view of some of that fan support that, that, like I said, seemed hungry, maybe coming off some football seasons that have been less uh, as exciting as they want it to be. They, they were really wanting to get in there and, and celebrate these Hokies, and, and they did just that. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was four special weekends in a row where Tech was either hosting an NCAA softball regional or super regional or a baseball regional or a super regional. So uh, that's pretty special when, you know, obviously, and when, you know, the softball team is the number three overall seed in the NCAA oh. tournament. And the baseball team is the number number four overall seed in its NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty a pretty heady accomplishment there. And and obviously the fans uh, want to be part of that success and, and see that success firsthand uh, because you know you you know you you knew you know fans went to the games knowing we're we're seeing one of the better teams in the country. So earlier you had talked about you know money being available for Virginia Tech to pump into these athletic programs. That's one of the reasons they're helped out. Obviously, money is 
making itself known again in college sports with all the realignment talk. And um, I'm going to ask you a question that you might not know, but I'm going to, so maybe some opinion and speculation, and we'll just put that on the front end. But because Whit Babcock and his regime seem to be very tight lipped on a lot of things. Um, but with Virginia Tech, where do you see them ending up with all of this? Do you think the ACC with the grant of rights stays alive? and is able to actually add teams, not lose teams? Or do you think Virginia Tech, UVA, some of these other teams are going to be elsewhere in, you know, five to ten years? Uh, yeah, obviously, I think that the fact that the, uh, the grant of rights exists through the 2035-36 school year uh, gives uh, uh, the ACC uh, some, some stability in the, in the short term, you know, uh, you know, they, you know, these, these schools are, are not going to be moving on, I would think in the short term, because, you know, their grant of rights, their media rights belong to the ACC through 2036. So that gives, you know, you know, that gives the ACC some strength there and some, some stability there. Uh, you know, the problem for the ACC uh, is that, um, uh, you know, uh, they had a chance to lock in, uh, you know, like in January, they had a chance to lock in a, uh, an automatic bid in a 12 team football playoff. And the ACC was one of the leagues that says, no, we, no, no, let's just uh, stick with, let's not uh, go to that. Well, now they would give their eye teeth to uh, have an automatic bid in a 12-team playoff because they've lost all their leverage now. And, you know, they, they're just praying now for an automatic bid in the 12-team playoff. You know, that's a big mistake the ACC made. Um, obviously, another big mistake, they're the laughing stock because of this whole alliance they made last year with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. <laughs> you know, the problem was they made it as, as a handshake agreement. Well, you know, that's that's foolish. And of course, it, you know, the, the Big Ten turned around and poached USC and UCLA from uh, from uh, their fellow alliance member, the Pac-12. So that showed you how worthy the alliance was. Um, you know, that's another mistake the ACC made. Um, so, yeah, the, the ACC certainly could wind up, uh, you know, the ACC's got to decide, you know, do we want to, uh, you know, beef up our league uh, by uh, going and adding some Pac-12 teams in the, in, in, and uh uh, trying to uh, be a coast-to-coast conference uh, like the Big Ten is going to be, uh, you know, we're gonna, we'll see what happens. You know, do, you know, does that happen, or do they they try to form some kind of an agreement with the, the Pac-12 in a different way, where they uh, they don't steal Pac-12 members, but they uh, um, they make a, some kind of a non-conference scheduling agreement for some football games, and you know that that kind of and you know you know so we, we'll have to see what happens there. But obviously, there's some there's some you know uh, the, the good news for the ACC is you know Notre Dame's still a member for now. You know, the bad news is that Notre Dame could decide that, you know, uh, we'd rather, we, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we, we'll we're, we're, we don't think independence is financially uh, suitable for us anymore. And, you know, the Big Ten is looking awfully good. Um, you know, obviously, if that happens, that would be uh, uh, bad news for the ACC. Uh, but right now, they've still got Notre Dame as a, uh, um, you know, as a member for all sports, but football. Um and of course, I'm sure the ACC would love to have a, a Notre Dame belong to the ACC for football too. Uh, but right now, the Notre Dame is, is, you know, it's now everyone's kind of waiting to see what Notre Dame is going to do. Will they stick with being independent, or will they, you know, uh, bolt for the for the Big Ten? I well, I know another one of the things is, you know, the TV deal with the ACC. Outside of the grant of rights, not a lot of people are fans of the TV deal that the ACC. Well, yeah, has. They, I mean that's the thing. I mean the ACC does not make. That's what would make them. You know, if they if they didn't have that grant of rights for 2036, you know, the ACC would be very very vulnerable right now to losing teams to the Big Ten or the AC or to the SEC because you know their TV deal is not as good as the Big Ten's, uh, especially when the Big Ten has a new TV deal coming up here that will be great. Or or the SEC, you know, the the money is not as good in the ACC as it is in the Big Ten and the SEC. You know, there there's no Big Five anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a Big Two. It's the Big Ten and the SEC, 
And, you know, I mean, they could decide to have their own football playoff and, and, uh, and, and tell the ACC, you, you go run along and, and enjoy yourself in the, in some bowl games. And, you know, we're going to have our teams play each other and, and uh, you're out of luck. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the, obviously uh, uh, the ACC has got some things to, uh, to, to shore up financially because, you know, if not, then, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time before they start losing teams to the SEC or the big 10. Now, is it going to happen tomorrow? No. But, it, you know, could it happen 10 years from now as that as there fewer years are remain under the grant of rights deal? Sure. Um, you know, we'll, but, it may, but who knows 10 years from now what anything will look like. Sure. Do you do you think adding Notre Dame? Obviously, I, I would be st- shocked if they stop at just getting Notre Dame in football. But if they are able to do that, do you think that opens the possibility for the ACC to poach? Maybe some Big Twelve teams that maybe currently have a better TV deal, but then that allows the ACC to go I, I to ESPN well, and renegotiate. ACC is not going to add Notre Dame in football. I mean, that's not going to happen. You know, so you think there's no chance not, Notre Dame, if they have to make I, a conference, chooses ACC? I mean, I think Notre Dame. You know, they're either going to stay independent like they are, mm-hmm. and I think if they or they're going to join the Big Ten. For, okay, you know, for everything, wow. including football. You know, I think that's the only. You know, that would you know going to the ACC would not you know uh, make fight for football. You know, that wouldn't make financial sense for Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame's got a, has got a very good deal right now, obviously, with NBC for, for TV for their football games. You know, but now the Big Ten is making so much, going to be making so much money now. Now, that could be the the, the the league that would make the Notre Dame think twice about being independent, not the ACC. It would be, okay, well, is, is the Big Ten making so much money? And, of course, don't forget Notre Dame's in, Indi- in, in Indiana, which is in the, obviously in the Big Ten's geographical footprint. The, Notre, Notre Dame could get to a point where they're saying, okay, well, Geez, the Big Ten teams are making so much money. Let's just join the Big Ten for everything, including football, and uh, and, and get because that we can make more money that than we can as independent. But I mean, they're not going to be looking at the ACC that way. You know, if they think they can, they can are going to be financially viable as independent in football. You know, they'll they'll just keep the status quo. They'll stay in independent football and have the rest of their sports in, in the ACC. But I, I I don't see Notre Dame. I mean, the ACC would love to have Notre Dame as part of their football conference. I just can't see. Uh, I just don't see what circumstances would make the uh, would make Notre Dame willing to uh, to do that. Yeah, and the only the, coming at it before we even started this conversation, my two big pieces for the ACC's security is Notre Dame and ESPN. Like what ESPN can make other people do, and including Notre Dame. So I, I, the scenarios that I come up with that gets Notre Dame in and keeps ACC whole all include ESPN's pressure that they have, and, and that would be them wanting the ACC to exist. If they don't want them to exist. They can kind of continue it as is and and let it fall apart over the next decade plus. And, and I think that's exactly what you've hit on here, which is not what I really want to hear. Yeah, I mean, obviously the long term, the goal for ACC is not, you know, I mean, you know, if they lose Notre Dame, you know, for basketball and soccer, so be it. But I mean, you know, what they need to worry about is, OK, we, you know, how can we be as fi- financially viable as possible so that we keep Florida State, so that we keep Clemson, so we keep Virginia Tech and North Carolina and Virginia and Georgia Tech and Duke and you know uh, and Miami, you know that's you know that's what the, that's the uh, what the the, the 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 big thing for for the ACC is. Uh, how can we get as many dollars as possible so these teams, you know, ten years from now don't want to leave? Well, uh, I don't. I didn't like what you said because <laughs> I want I want there to be more than a power to. I want the Pac-12, Big Ten thing to kind of hold on somehow and the ACC to be viable, but. Uh, yeah, if Notre Dame's not going to be coming to the ACC, that's that's not going to go that way. Um, so, uh, moving that conversation forward, let's let's uh, we always have our guests 
um, say something other than sports for us so we get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so outside of your sports coverage, which I know you spend hours and hours on um, all the time, all throughout the year, you know, when you're away from your job and sports, what entertainment recommendation can you pass along to our listeners? Uh, let's see. Um, well, you know, uh, I just uh, watched the new uh, Thor movie last week. That was okay. a uh, that, that was an entertaining movie there. And um, uh, I got to give a plug for my uh, former Ronald Times colleague Beth Macy. Uh, she, you know, she was one of the she's one of the executive producers and uh, writers of the limited series Dope Sick on oh, Hulu, oh, yeah. uh, starring Michael Keaton. And that's uh, obviously it's kind of a downer. You know, it's about the opioid crisis and how it affected uh, uh, people in Virginia and, and, and elsewhere in Appalachia. Uh, you know, it's a, a, a fictional miniseries. Uh, most of the p- characters are, are uh, based on, on, on uh, real people, but they're fictional. There's a few people that are actually real people portrayed by actors in the movie. Um, but it's, it's a very good account, uh, you know, very sad account, but a, a very good account of, of uh, just what happened and how the uh, evil Sackler family um, push, push, pushing uh, OxyContin, Oxycontin uh, you know, really wrecked the lives of so many people in, in Virginia and elsewhere. Uh, with the opioid crisis there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure on Tuesday, it's going to get a lot of Emmy nominations, uh, including for uh, a Best Limited Series. Uh, so that's a, uh, like I said, it's not a happy-go-lucky move, uh, limited series. There's eight episodes. It's got some great actors in it, like Michael Keaton, and uh, who plays a doctor. And, uh, you know, so that's definitely worth your time. Uh, like I said, you know, before warned, it's it's about a, it's about a sad topic, but it's uh, it will really uh, you know open your eyes as to how this happened and how so many people uh, suffered and died uh, from the opioid crisis. Well, some good recommendations there, Mark. Thanks for coming on with us. I hope you had a, a enjoyable first time on the Exports Podcast, and uh, we appreciate talking to you again down the road sometime. All right, take care. So yeah, thanks again for uh, Mark Berman coming on with us uh, there from the Roanoke Times, and uh, we've been wanting to. And then we have our good Virginia Tech coverage um, from Barber, but, you know, expand on that and getting these spring sports. It was good to have uh, Berman on. I'm sure we'll hear his voice again on the podcast at some point. Uh, that was that was great to have him on. But, I, you know, getting done with him there in that interview, and, and I didn't want to hold him up with me and yours, you know, wants and wishes from this conference realignment. But I, I just, my whole thing, I want the ACC to exist. I want there to be at least four kind of conferences happening. I don't want there just to be the power to. And so for that to happen, we got to get good quality teams. And it starts with Notre Dame. That conversation starts with Notre Dame. So I just, you know, I just picture, uh, what is it, Phillips, our ACC commissioner now, sure. and him and ESPN sitting at a table with Notre Dame on the other side is what it's going to take uh, for this conference to to hold on and to exist. And as quickly as uh, – as Berman was there to dismiss the Notre Dame coming in for football. I, I think that's the dream I still hold on to for the ACC existing. And if you're telling me there's no chance of that, then I'm saying Virginia tech, you are whining and dining the sec each and every night and calling the big 10 setting up the next night uh, for some whining and dining. And you just take whatever positives you can get from one of those two conferences and get in there as soon as you can and tie yourself to Florida state and make sure wherever they're going, you're going, or that you have a spot wherever you need to go. Because no one's gonna, no, there's no one, the reason Virginia Tech got in the ACC was UVA held the door open for them. Said they stuck their foot in the door and said, nope, Virginia Tech needs to come in here with us. That's not happening again. Uh, 
I'm especially with UVA, we, we can't depend on them or anything, but any of these other schools, we, we need to have connections that we just go with them and not depend on them to hold the door open for us. Cause you, you gotta be ahead of this. The good thing is I have a lot of faith in our athletic administration that they are ahead of this, that Whit Babcock is having the conversation he needs to have, that he's not just sitting on his heels, not just blinded by this grain of rights thing, that he's having the right conversations. I have faith in him for that. A lot more faith than I had in our previous uh, athletic administration. So I'm, I'm happy we have the leadership we do that really we can only point to one negative hire, which that's a different scale of things. Like this athletic conference movement isn't a hiring a coach level. This is, goes way above that, and it takes four to visitors and, you know, campus leaders to, to be, play a big role in that. But I have faith that he's leading us in the right direction there. And we're not going to hear anything until it's pretty much done, if not done. That's, that's how this works. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that because I think, you know, Whit Babcock is pretty tight-lipped on this kind of stuff. The only thing that might yeah. maybe change that is, you know, the media arm or the conference arm leaks something. But um, it'll be with it a won't be out of tech. It, yeah. yeah, it won't be out of Virginia Tech. And I'm with you. You know, I just... I hope that ESPN and Fox and, you know, NBC or Apple or whoever gets involved with other conferences um, determines that they want more than just the power two, And right. so maybe pushes Notre Dame and some money. That's that's what I kept coming back to. And, you know, we, we heard it. He doesn't think it's going to happen. And that's, you know, like I said, we are there is a lot of speculation in here. And even on our part, right, we're speculating that. Maybe the ACC wants to keep the ACC or ESPN wants to keep the ACC around. And I mean, they own a network with them. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that facilitates a push of Notre Dame to the ACC. And in that case, I do think if you can get Notre Dame, you don't have to start looking West Coast to survive. You can. I know he doesn't think it, but I Cincinnati. Well, he was so dismissive of it. And, he, and he's plugged in. He knows people. He, he, he does. But, but yeah. I do Ooh. think, I think the reason, and he even said, you don't hear him talking about it, but. The reason you don't hear him talking about it is because, in his mind, he doesn't think they can add Notre Dame. And so, if you don't add Notre Dame, you're not adding anyone else of, of any consequence that's going to keep yeah. you around. So, in our scenario, Leland, like, Notre Dame is added. And so then, Cincinnati makes sense. Yeah. Then, you know, it's about getting new you're states. You're buying more of that footprint. Yeah, you're, you're looking at new states. Yeah. Ohio is a fairly populated state. It's one of the more populous states in the country. So and the it, Big Ten owns it. The Big Ten owns it. So they're not going to be interested in a Cincinnati. So maybe you can get a Cincinnati. Maybe you can uh, – West Virginia, I do tend to agree. I don't know what West Virginia would add other than – I agree, yeah. Just being there. Um, right. But that's the thing. When you're looking at schools to add – and I do think, like, this is part of the – when they're like, the SEC wants to add Miami, wants to add Florida State, wants to add Clemson – Clemson does not add – Clemson, Florida State, and Miami don't add anything in terms of media rights to the SEC. Just doesn't. You're, you're already, you already have those TVs. You are, that your network is already in those states. Does not add anything. And I was listening to John Skipper, who used to run ESPN, and he was talking about that. He goes, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami actually don't add any value to the SEC media rights deal. It would be 
solely for the purpose of we add them to just knock the kill the ACC. And he said, I don't yeah. know if that's enough of a decision maker for the F- SEC or not, because then you're just diluting the money available. And there will be a certain point where, OK, well, now the money is kind of close and we got to give up our grant of rights. Maybe not. Um, see, that's why and that's why that's why I think we need the four conferences, because there is only so much money. And right. if you're not adding value to these comp- these big conferences already that we're already calling the power to, then you got to have these other conferences for these other schools that do have big money involved. Like maybe it's not adding enough for the SEC to make it because they already own that territory. But that's why I think we got to have four conferences. That's why I continue to hold on that we're going to that we're not going to have just the power to and that they're going to go off by each other. I think it works for them to have more opponents leading into a championship and and there's more money does that playoff football i think i think it is been there is beneficial there it's just it's just got to be solid i mean because the sec is probably bragging enough that they they think their top eight <laughs> that they would produce into this thing is better than what the acc is going to provide uh there's an argument there <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm not i'm not saying they're dead wrong so yeah they they just got to be respect what's coming out of the ACC enough to be a part of something bigger at the end instead of just a one-on-one exercise with them in the Big Ten. Now, the the biggest thing against all of that and our pie-in-the-sky hopes is something Mark touched on there in the interview. We touched on it earlier last week. Um, the ACC leadership has shown at no point that they know what they're doing. I, to kill the 12-team playoff in the moment was a bad idea. I said that on the – we said this on that podcast. Yeah. We absolutely. thought that was a bad idea. That is – even if the SEC gets another two teams into the playoff, that's okay. You're relevant. By rule, you are relevant. And you just nuked that. Yeah. It was your table. You were at the table with everybody, and you, you gave up your seat. For I, I for I, no good reason. I, I don't no understand reason. the other side of it. Like the, well, we just think it's what's best for the ACC. How? How is limiting the number of teams you could get in and your automatic bid which you don't have right now in a 14 playoff how is expanding the playoff to 12 teams and getting an automatic bid harmful for the conference the and by the way that 12 team playoff is going to be worth more money espn yeah. will pay more money for a 12 team playoff than the 14 playoff i it just made no sense it was stupid at the time and it, it just goes to show like that's the conference leadership that is kind of why i am now at the point where virginia tech just needs to be I don't care if it's the Big Ten or the SEC or if there's a power three and it's the Big 12. Talk to somebody that is going to get into whatever the new playoff is and get there. I don't want a coast-to-coast. I don't want to be in a coast-to-coast conference. That's why I want there to be four. I think if you if there's a power three, you're going to have a Oregon's in this next group. Like, Oregon's in this outside-looking-in group that we think we're in. Um, I don't want a coast to coast. So I, I want four conferences or I guess make sure we're in the two. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Mm. I don't think like a power three, that means it's a coast to coast conference. Maybe the ACC goes back and says, Hey, let's revisit that college football playoff that we were talking about. There's no one at that meeting. You'd be the, like, you'd be in that room. Like, Hey guys, where's, where's everybody at? We'll get, let's have this meet. Like it just, mm-mm gone that train is gone that's probably true um the other news of the week uh coming back to a a more local um 
uh, reason I want to push this on here is that uh, Stanton boys soccer coach uh, Holmes, uh, coach Holmes, how I always heard him referenced uh, Tirani. He steps down as soccer coach and uh, he's a former Yak podcast uh, guest and we appreciated having him on then. So he will be moving away from the Stanton storm. So that's a, that's a big program. Uh, you know, when we, when we get past the football and basketball talk, you know, soccer, especially at Stanton High School, is, is one of the first uh, programs that have, have been riding a high swing here, particularly lately. Of course, winning a state championship will do that for you. Um, and they were right there knocking on the door a couple years, and then they got the win. And uh, so that's a big uh, job to fill there for Coach uh, Tibbs there, the athletic director at Stanton Storm. So uh, he's losing another coach. I mean, he lost his baseball coach and now has lost his uh, um, soccer coach. And so a lot of holes to fill there. But I uh, want to wish him well, wish Coach Holmes well with uh, – with what he's doing next and uh, congratulate him on, on a heck of a run at Stanton and uh, still playing at a high level as he steps out the door. I know Wilson uh, won the district this year, but still those battles with Stanton to, to achieve that. So, uh, uh, you know, congratulations to him on a great run and, and look forward to seeing what he can do next. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to him. Like you said, but, and I'm sure coach Tibbs, you know, he's busy. Um, he's going to be busy um, trying to fill the yeah, vacancies he's got a lot and stuff. Of, a lot of and... hiring to do. Yeah. I've seen him around the office. That's a tough job. I, yeah, I've seen him around the office. We, you know, he's trying to do the other aspects of his job too, and um, that's how I see him a few days during the past couple <laughs> weeks. But yeah, it's it's gonna be busy for him, and you know, it's it like you're touching on there. It's not easy to be a high school AD, period. But especially when you've got vacancies oh, to he, fill, and you know, now you got to try to find people. It's a lot that more than just filling that vacancy. You're worrying about teachers teaching jobs in the building. And, and if they can double up that responsibilities mm-hmm. and, you know, other AD news, uh, uh, at Stewart's draft, uh, they have an AD move out there mm-hmm. where, um, Hartley. Uh, well, a, Hartley. Well, yeah, Hartley, he, he steps away from the athletic director role and moves over a chair to assistant principal. So, you know, they're, there hiring, uh, uh, AD there. And, and it just reminds me, it's a tough job to do a lot of hours, um, but also your, your priorities it is not as simple as who's going to coach the soccer team. You know, you gotta, you have a lot of things to weigh in that. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how some of these holes get filled um, even in the admin spots out there at short draft. So um, just so some local stuff, that's, that's about the biggest news you get in the summer with our local high schools is just, you know, p- filling positions because uh, uh, you know, no, no games happening, but, we're looking forward to games getting back on the field. It's a lot simpler for us to cover when there's stats and touchdowns and baskets well, and, to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, we <laughs> wish Hartley well and whatever's next yeah. for him as well. You know, that's well, another glad... former guest on the podcast. Um, yeah. And, and he's only moving over a chair. He'll still be there. Right. I'm sure we'll still see him in the press box. And uh, Well, and then yeah, the other thing, too, is, you know, with the, the draft AD, one of the challenges that he's going to have, and, you know, it's a challenge any AD has, but it's getting more difficult for Sewers draft and Riverheads especially is, finding opponents, right? Like right. on the football schedules, like that it's, it's hard to do. So, um, man, I don't, I don't envy that job. That's going to be extremely nope. difficult, but, and then they sometimes got to feel calls from you or chip and say, we, we want to, <laughs> yeah, we want to come to your game. So, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. Um, the, the local sports that are happening and are playing games right now is the Valley baseball league as they get ready for an all-star game that's going to be coming up. Um, And uh, unfortunately for the Valley League, that is also scheduled on the same night as the MLB draft. So it's going to be hard for – that's probably a little pie in the sky to hope scouts will be there. 
Um, but anywho, <laughs> what's going on in the league is you have the the playoffs in this kind of like stretch starting to form and Stanton is still on the outside looking in. They did gain some ground this week. They're three and a half out of a playoff spot. Um, so they gained a half game mm-hmm. from last podcast. Right. Um, Covington has not more, been any more, any more progress than that. We don't have eight weeks left in this season. No, that's fair. But um, yeah. Covington has not looked great. Uh, and like Good. I said last week, it comes down to that Covington head to head, really. And there's a doubleheader today against uh, against Percival, and they've got to sweep this doubleheader today, um, which is me telling you that we're recording on Sunday. Um, but we've got, they have to find a way to sweep that, and if they don't, then they're probably going to be on the wrong side of the cut in the playoffs. But uh, yeah. they've, they've added some pitchers in that have looked good. Will McCausland looks good. Um, he is a kid who just graduated high school and is going to be, be pitching at St. Joe's. Um, he looked really good. Uh, and then, uh, they've brought in another catcher Pereira, uh, waiting on his bat to kind of pick up, but defensively he is probably the best option I have seen in Stanton so far. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, Still a few weeks left in the season, but Stanton definitely has to get busy and start racking up wins. And it's it's going to be more than just the doubleheaders in Covington. They're going to need some wins against Waynesboro and Charlottesville down the stretch too. Yeah, and they're going to be they don't have any more games at Waynesboro, which will hurt them because they will been undefeated there. Yeah, and, uh, and unfortunately, they have have not beaten Waynesboro at home. The home t- the home team is over in the regular season so far. There they got Tuesday. I think I'm I think I'm supposed to come Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, that might be Charlottesville, but let me look. Um, let's let's see. I Tuesday. Told I, I was required to come. Tuesday is July 12th, and it's Harrisonburg, so. Uh, well, it's fine. I, I, I just don't make it out. I used to make out so many games. I used to come two or three times a week. You could come and, Monday uh, and Tuesday. That's Charlottesville, Harrisonburg. He's having kids are, you know, getting in my way. Yeah, uh, I mean they'll do that. They'll do that. <laughs> Good decisions though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Major League Baseball. Um, I don't know your Orioles, man. They're playing pretty good. I'm I'm happy for you for that. I am afraid, and I think I've said this before. You know, I kind of I'm not against your Orioles. I usually am positive, even off air, with you about your Orioles. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I want them to win. I want you to experience a little baseball winning. I'm sensing the fan base is going to be a little insufferable once the winning comes. And, you know, there's because there's a little taste of it right now. And already <laughs> on Twitter, it's like, it's so I'm salty. not helping. I get, it. I get it. It's salty. I get why. I get the Buster only stuff. But just in general, it's just like you still are in last place in your division. So, like, as happy as you can be about your win streak and all that and how many games out of 500. Like you gotta, you gotta care about those other teams that you're playing, and you're a little bit out of the wild card. But like, you're gonna have a lot more games against your tough division uh, these last two months of the season, last two and a half months of the season, because eh, we're passing the halfway mark. So it's just, ooh, I, while I, we were looking at the schedule off air um, here before we got going, and I, we were acknowledging, hey, there, there's some other stretches where you can win some games because um, you're not playing against your division that end of August and most of September is going to be pretty tough. So I, I don't know. I just, 
I'm worried. I was kind of rooting. For, I think I said this not too long ago. I rooted for the Warriors when they kind of started getting good and early Curry. And I we had a little bit of connection with Curry because his dad had played at Tech. I was like, oh, yeah, this is fun. And the crowd's fun. But then very quickly, I turned on the Warriors. I was like, yeah, they're just – I'm not enjoying this as much as I was hoping to. I feel like that's coming for me with the Orioles, with the way the fan base is acting on on the Twitter. That's probably also – me liking everything I see and you seeing it then. And that probably doesn't help, but um, (laughs) I'm not saying directly you, but I guess, no, it's not, I'm not the ones tweeting it, but I am liking them. And so that's how you see it. Um, But yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying. Nothing you said is wrong. I, I would push back a little bit on the fans just having fun because we've sucked forever and we're finally winning. Um, But uh, the other thing I would say is, is there seems like lack of perspective. <laughs> well, like you're still in last place in your division. Yes. And but that, that gap has closed a lot. That gap has closed a lot since Adley Rushman has been called up. But honestly, that is the big change in yeah. what has happened between when the Orioles were, you know, more than 12 games under 500 to where we are now, which is two games under 500. It's been Adley. So um, we are playing well to the point where I do think Mike Elias may have some decisions to make here in a week or two on do you sell some of these pieces or do you hold on and see what happens or do you maybe give up some of the fringer prospects that you have and try to buy a, you know, a decent starting pitcher for the rest of the year? Um, I wouldn't give up anything of value. That's what I'm saying. I, I would have a very, I don't, directed... and I don't think that's what Michael Elias is going to do. I mean, I think someone would have yeah. to be fine taking our 30th best prospect or something, but I, I wouldn't push for a go for it, uh, situation. I, I would see like, what magic can you get out of kind of what you have? Maybe the right move here and there, or like, you know, maybe a prospect you don't have as good a feeling on, but might have some value that you can get out the door and maybe get another prospect for or something like that. Right. But I, I just don't give up on any future and to, to have anything for now. Like, I just wouldn't. I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Adding a bat for the stretch doesn't make sense to me. What what I'm um, saying, is, well, it wouldn't be a bat. It would be an arm. Um, okay, either way. But I, I also look at the roster as it is. And, you know, I was talking about, my, talking about it with my brother yesterday. Uh, as we won our seventh straight game, and we're going to win our eighth straight game, it looks like today. Um, Ooh, the jinx is in. Well, this team is just, uh, we're the team that reverses. We we snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, not the other way around. Um, but we. Um, Ooh, you guys have scored some runs the last time I checked. Yeah, yeah. win today. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. Uh, but I look at but the eight team. Eight straight, eight 20. <laughs> no, but okay. Well, teams don't win 20 straight in baseball. So I see a movie about it all the time. That is an anomaly. And that team sucked. They didn't even win the World Series that year. So, but you aren't going to win the World Series either. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you have all this, this, like, oh, look at us and beating our chest. But, like, we were supposed to lose over 100 make, games. If you make the playoffs, that is absolutely the line. Like, the ceiling is absolutely there. Like, we were supposed to lose over 100 games, and we will be. We're right now flirting with 500, a 500 year, yeah, which like is you're, you're dunking on Buster. Like, that's about it. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm here for all the dunking on Buster tweets. Like, obviously, there's some 
joking on the it's going to be insane when we win the World Series this year stuff. Like, I like that for just the comedic tweet that it is. But, and I also see everything these people tweet, which you don't. So I, I know they're a little more grounded <laughs> in reality than, than you seeing that tweet. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's interesting that this team is so close. And I do feel like when I look at the roster, I'm like, okay, there's some holes here, here, and here, and I think if the Orioles fill one of those holes next year, just one, we're going to not play the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox seven times that we play them this year. That's each. So that's 28 games we don't have in our division next year. Yeah, we're going to be a lot better. Like, we're going we're gonna to be better from that standpoint. So if we fill in a hole, I think this is a playoff team next year. And I don't think that's crazy. I think this team, and and here's the other thing I told my brother. I was like, now this is the part that some people may say is crazy. I don't want to be that number one overall seed. Because since they've added the other playoff team, and that team gets like three days off from the regular season into the playoff, I don't want that. You set your arms up for the whole month? Yeah. I don't, don't want, want that. that. Nope. Okay. I this, this year is going to be a great case study. It'll be a very small sample size, but it will start to be the case that you look at and say, does the team that played the three games to get in there have an advantage versus the team that hasn't played baseball in three days? Because normally you don't have three off days. You have an off day, but you don't have three. And so there's a reason for that in baseball. And I am curious to see if that hurts We'll see the what Yankees. some of these top teams do coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah, if that hurts the Yankees or not. But Well, but okay, well, I mean, Leland, everybody has the All-Star break. In this scenario... Only two teams have three consecutive yeah, days off. Doesn't. That's a good point. But um, that's what I'm interested in seeing. And, I mean, right now, the Orioles, like I said, I mean, we're about to win eight straight. Even if we don't, we won seven out of eight, and there's eight out of nine in this homestand or something. Seven, I don't know, math's hard. Six out of seven in the homestand. Seven straight games. Um, I'm excited. Like, this team... I love baseball again. Like this team, when I watch them, is great. Like you ride the roller coaster well, Joe. I I'll do. I do. Like, you ride the roller, like when they were terrible. You were down with them, and I mean, this is a. This is the this only is team I get this way with this now. Break, and you're going to have Yankees, Rays, Yankees, or some version of that. And well, that's because fans are idiots. I hate baseball in two weeks. That's because fans are idiots. Austin Hayes is what is at the top of a lot of offensive categories in out among outfielders, and he's not going to be in the All Star game because fans don't know who he is. Fans should not be allowed to vote. Fans shouldn't be allowed to vote for anything. Me included, yeah. but fans should not be allowed to vote. I really do think that should be players, and the rule is you can't vote for your own teammates. I think that's the best way to handle that. Yeah, I whatever. I I don't get that worked up on like who's the all all star starter or not because they do fill out the rest of the team with with legitimate picks, and I don't know. It, it's normal and baseball is normal in any sport for these guys that are are people don't know who they are yet. Yeah, you might not make the ba- all star game that first year. You're good, but like after that, you'll get there. Like I think generally guys that deserve to be multi year all stars, they're multi year all stars. So I don't I just don't get that. I don't get torn up about it. And with the game not meaning anything, like it just, it, I watch it. I like it. I know you don't. Um, 
So, but I still don't care. Who, That's kind of why I, I don't, I don't watch I, it. I don't though. care. It's fine. I don't mind. A lot of times the fans get certain situations to work out well. For I mean, that one year there were like eight Kansas City Royals in the game. That was weird. That was an anomaly. You you quoted an anomaly earlier. That was an anomaly. That was when it counted though too. And I think the that AL was when still like won. it decided World Series home field advantage. Yeah, I think the AL still won, which just goes to show you the NL is cursed. But, um, I, I just yeah, I I just. Man, this team is something. And we don't have John Means, who's one of our best pitchers. We don't have Grayson Rodriguez to be called up right now because he's coming back from an injury. Like, with those guys, an easier schedule next year. I, I, I Honestly, I want the MLB to expand for two reasons. One, because hopefully one of those places is Nashville, and that gets rid of all the Orioles to Nashville rumors that pop up every year and give me a mini heart attack. Um, and two... I think if they expand to 32, they realign the league, and maybe we're not in a division with the Red Sox and the Yankees. In which case, I'm really loving baseball. But, I don't know. Would they do that? Would they pull them south? They got that 95. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I think we would be – because part of the talk, right, with realignment would be you have 32 teams. The AL and NL now have the same rules. Now, if there is one sport that will be stubborn and keep AL, NL until the end of time, it is baseball. But, and I know the NFL has that too, but I think for baseball, a sport that constantly complains about revenue, how do you cut down on revenue? Realign the league into an Eastern and Western like conference or league or whatever you want to call it. And then have the divisions be geographical. Put the Mets and Yankees, Red Sox in the same division. Put the Orioles and the Nats in the same division. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not here wanting the Mets and the Yankees necessarily in the same division. And put y'all and the Nationals in the same. Like, it's fine. I want that. I want geographic rivals. I want us. The none Nats. of the none of the other. Maybe you throw have, the like, Phillies. Split. Huh. Every other city split. L.A. split. The Bay Area split. Yeah, but I'm saying for baseball, I think that helps, right? If you realign it, that helps. You have geographic rivalries. You Road fans can go to more games, which helps with ticket sales. I think it makes more yeah. sense to do it that way. The I NBA I, does like, it that way. The NHL does it that way. I think it makes more sense for baseball to do it that way. Football is an anomaly for a lot of reasons. One, because it's wildly popular but also you only have eight games you got to worry about selling i would wonder yeah i don't know i don't know i'd, I'd want to see the total picture not just what it means to the orioles before i would say that like i, I want to keep san francisco and la dodgers in the same division i want to keep st louis and the chicago in the same division like i don't want to lose anything like that. i'm sure yankees and boston will be in the same division i just I would want to see the total picture before I start thinking that's something I would consider. So I, I think it, I think I it makes a, a lot of sense. Report, get it on my desk. I think it makes a lot it. of sense in terms of financial revenue. I think some of these teams yeah. are going to still be in the same division as LA and Rutgers in the same division. So like, I'm not, yeah, sure but people don't like that. Thing, like being the end all be all of, of again, Leland though, you're talking about football driving the sport for the other sports. That makes no sense. And it's not going to help. For football, it's fine because you have six games you got to worry about. In the NFL, you have eight games to worry about. In baseball, you've got a ton of home games to worry about. You've got go 81 games. There. It's not like they're going in and out of town every game. 
81 games you have to worry about selling tickets for. It'd sure be nice if the majority of those games were against teams that were close and geographically based. If you could have more games against the Nats. Baltimore's close to New York. Yeah, but if you had more games to worry about selling with the Nats or the Phillies and the Pirates, like, that helps. And I don't know that's who the Orioles would be paired with, Phillies and Pirates. The Nats would be hard to imagine. If they do it geographically, they wouldn't be with the Nats. But, um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I have not thought about this concept before you've said it. So, oh, I'm I, fine I mean, with I've, the American National League. Like, I'm fine with some tradition existing in baseball. No, I'm, we don't have to upturn nope. everything. Get the dinosaurs out. Shake them. Shake a dinosaur. This is the only instance where I'm going to say it's okay to shake old people. Shake them. <laughs> shake them to their core and change the game. Hey, you got rid of the DH. You've shaken them. They're pro- they're they're either yeah. Awake or they're so not. they're 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 most prepared for another shake. So do it now. Shake them. We're gonna expand to thirty-two teams. Ugh. We're gonna realign the league. Ugh, shake they're them. Got in their walker in their hand now. Like they can handle another shake. Yeah. But here's the so here's the other thing, Leland. Right? Like if you have thirty-two, you're not gonna keep the three divisions as they are right now. You're gonna have to realign in some no, sense anyway. So yeah. you might as well just really shake it up. Yankees and Red Sox, I would imagine they're not going to break up. I, I would imagine they stay. No, and, and I'm saying those other rivalries. The other rivalries I brought up are the yeah. next best rivalries, the Cubs and the Cardinals, which you would think. and You'd think, think but then the Cubs-White Sox yeah. are now. The Subway Series is something that happens more regularly. You get that. You get the Chicago Series. You get Cleveland and Cincinnati in the same division. You get, you know... Mm. Some of these California teams, the Dodgers and Padres will stay in the same division. I don't know about the I'm Giants. I have to see for it, that. but I'm not. I'm. I'm just not sitting here like agreeing that I'm hot. That I. That I want that. I want it. I want it. I want it now. I wanted it yesterday, but overall, the point is the Orioles are playing great baseball. The young guys who don't cost any money are actually good at baseball, which Buster only didn't account for the fact that we're not paying these guys because we're, they're on, you know, rookie minimums and we can do that. And they're actually going to be good at baseball. He didn't factor that into account when he's talking about how we should be like the angels and pay a ton of money to suck um, and get swept by us. Um, but, you know, do whatever. you also not like Carl Ravitch? Cause I saw other Orioles fans. No, because Carl Ravitch was like one thing. Buster only has made it his mission to dunk on the Orioles like the entire time we haven't been. He has, he has, he has. I'm not, I'm not arguing that one. I don't have a problem with Carl Ravage. I watched just because it was on the TV while we were doing other things, but uh, I, w- I was listening to it when they were announcing the All Star starters, and they had it was a weird desk, honestly. For, it's not what I'm used to from ESPN. I, I think it's just lack of they're putting a lot less money into their baseball coverage than they yeah. used to because they don't have the weeknight game of the week and all that like they used to have, and. Uh, so they had Tim Kirchin and um, Buster only sitting at the desk with Carl Ravitch and one other guy um, for these all-star announcements for the starter announcements. And Buster was terrible in that spot. Like he was not good. I don't think he's spot. good at his job anymore. Yeah. I, he, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think, I think he's not good at his job anymore. And I think it's really, I don't mind Tim. I don't mind Carl. I like those guys, but I do think, you know, the rest of them I could do without. But, yeah, I just I think that this is um, it's an exciting time to be an O's fan. And, yeah, you're probably going to get annoyed. um, But I don't I honestly I probably won't get annoyed because this is going to end soon enough. Like you're not going to make the playoffs and like 
Yeah, so I'm talking about long term. I'm talking about long term. I want them to be good. Like I'm not against. I don't want to be against the Orioles. You're going to get annoyed long term, and that's fine. And I may be part of it. I don't want you to drive me there. Like I don't want you. I'm. I'm not going to make it my mission. Like I am going to make it my mission to. One of us is leaving Twitter. Me or Buster Olney. Either I'm going to get banned or he's going to quit. Like I don't. I'm not going to do that to you, but. I want to be on your side when we get to that point. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I want you to, too. But I'm also going in knowing, like, I'm going to be a special brand of obnoxious that I am not on Twitter, usually. But, yeah, I just, man, seeing Adley is awesome. Like, I, I've yeah. been talking to my brother. I want to go to more O's games now. Like, I'm like, we need to go to, we got plans to go here at the beginning of August to see him play the Pirates. I'm trying to figure out another series we can go to. And I'm just like, we need to figure this out because I want to see this team like this team is good I want to see this team speaking of going to games uh I was proposed a an idea and I put it in his hands um because I'm not against this I'm, I'm for it I just I'm gonna let somebody else do the thinking if it's gonna happen I got proposed by Dan the man former Yak sports podcast guest wow. recent guest uh he he wants to make sure we go um and I, and your name was included in the we wow um to a World Cup game when when the uh, North America is hosting. We're going to and Boston. I know how hard a ticket that's going to be. Yeah, I am huh? also with you. If someone else wants to plan it and show me a number, I can make yeah. a decision. Give me this. Give me this money, and you're going to have a seat. Like I, I'm, I'm. That's where I'll. Give where me I'm a going. number. Yeah. Um, oh wow, that sounds exciting, but. Yeah. I know Boston's the closest, isn't it? Atlanta would, was the one we kind of. He okay. said that one first, and I said, "You're not like the only thing good about Boston." Because I hate I hate Gillette Stadium. That's um, true. That's where that would be. Kind at of. least, like, if you go to Boston, you can plan some baseball game spots on the way back, like on the trip, like, right, on right, the way, right, on the way right, back right, right. I ninety five. That's pretty good. But Atlanta was kind of where we landed, um, just to avoid going to Gillette Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> heard that's a nightmare and a half. I have heard that's a nightmare and a half. Atlanta's cool though. Atlanta, there's a lot to do in Atlanta. There's a baseball stadium there. Um, yeah, and I, uh, that drives rather easy. I mean, you're going to go a little bit of 81, and then you're off of it, and you're good to go. So 81 does not scare me. I've driven 81 my entire yeah, life. Yeah, 81 doesn't. 95 would scare me. 81 doesn't either. 95 is a problem. I've done some 95 too. I, I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say 90, I'm scared. Not, I just know what I'm signing up for. 95 Northeast is a problem. 95 South of Richmond yeah, is not near as well. That, well, okay, fair. Fair. Yeah, once you get to Fredericksburg, so. 95 is a problem. Because I don't going to Atlanta. You're going through Charlotte. We're probably picking some guys up in Charlotte, some buddies, and you know, sure, we have we have a good plan. I am so. I am interested. <laughs> I am interested. Just give me a number so I can start budgeting. Um, I imagine there'll be you know I, I imagine with I'm the scared. Atlanta trip, I'm it's scared. really easy for there to be a Long John stop and a Waffle House. Ah, uh, that's so see the second really one. I am a little worried about that second chain. one is really mm, it all. God bless. Uh, hey, if we're going to Atlanta. Hey, we can hit the nicest Waffle, Waffle House, House in the world. Like we'll hit the, the best one, which oh is still terrible. God, yeah. <laughs> that means there's only one cigarette butt in my food instead of multiple. <laughs> but yeah, um, you want a grilled cheese? You want a grilled cheese? That, I mean, <laughs> I can make a grilled cheese. <laughs> Drunk or sober, I will make you a grilled cheese. You don't want cheese. someone standing in front of you smoking while doing it? No, no, I don't. I don't. No, you don't want the threat of violence at any moment, which is funny that I talk about the threat of violence at a Waffle House. And the last time you and I were at an IHOP, <laughs> that wasn't when we were there. It just happened later. 
it did not happen while we were at the IHOP. But yeah, no, I'm interested. That is interesting. Um, I would be interested in talking to Dan. We also, our problem though, we thought it was like eight, nine years off or whatever, whatever the, you know, I know it's a four year cycle. Oh yeah. It's actually four. Uh, It's all, yeah, it's only four. It's, it's happening quicker. So, uh, I don't know if I'll have decision-making capabilities by then. So, (laughs) oh, well, that's on Dan. We've, we've given that responsibility to Dan. We'll have at least one in college. So uh. well, but that's he's got to figure that out then. Yeah, and he also has to yeah. do all the planning for us because we're yeah. children. But um, I'm usually the planner. That's my thing. I'm usually uh, the one that's got to put it all together. I'm always that guy. Always no, that guy. I don't want to be know, in charge of that. That's what I do with this yeah. podcast. I'm the planner. That's true. And uh, <laughs> I rip decision making capabilities away from other people as much as I can. Uh, with everything else so yeah it's usually me that's why i just initially i'm just like this is on you because i think i had said when griffey went in the hall of fame we're going and then i never did anything for it so well this would be cool if we could um but um that's interesting now it's funny you say that because uh my brother and his girlfriend had made a similar comment to me and they had they were talking about boston they were like oh it would be cool to go to boston if we can and she's like, I don't even care who's playing. And I was like, I care a little bit. And she's like, you would only go if it's the United States? And I was like, I'm not saying it has to be the United States because I don't feel that way. But if we get, like, if we were going to a match and it was, you know, Peru versus Sri Lanka or something, I would be like, I would have zero interest in Peru versus I want to go when there's, like, at least a fan, like Mexico's playing or something with a fan base I don't. that would, nope. like. Nope. No. I fun. do not. Mm-mm, no. You hate Mexico more than I do, I guess. No, it's not because I hate Mexico. It's because Mexico hates us. That's a real no, that's a rivalry. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want this to be a, a Morgantown game or something. Yeah, no. I don't, no, want, uh, I don't want I don't want balloons full of pee thrown at me. I having I want a crowd that's into it was my point. I was I want a crowd that cares about soccer. I don't want Sri Lanka. I want yeah, you know England. Be there with whoever has come in for the game from their home country. England, France. Um, um, sure. Yeah, there's the other countries. Brazil. I want, I want, Brazil would be good. Yeah. Argentina probably would be good. Will we have Vuvuzelas for the U.S. one? I, I think we need an equivalent of Vuvuzelas. No, we do not. Oh. I don't want come that. On. My God, no. <laughs> You realize our equivalent would be like cowbells or bam bam sticks. I am not interested. That's why I want to go to Atlanta. I want no. to go towards the cowbell. No, I do not want that at World Cup matches. Just like I don't want to be at a Mississippi State game. No, pass. Yeah, Mississippi State taking over. Yeah, the Starkville World Cup match. I did see some. Speaking of the World Cup hosts, like DC and Baltimore weren't picked, which was yeah upsetting and offensive in in my eyes seeing some of the places that were well but dc doesn't bother me at all because it'd be fedex which is a terrible stadium baltimore stadium would have been fine uh, i think baltimore should oh. have been picked but because it's close enough to dc they could have i don't know i saw it, the but... list and no one jumped off of me that they shouldn't be on that list so um that's my issue cincinnati with what you're saying i think was one of them i would have taken them but cincinnati was one of them i think there was one over I in don't... that part of the country that i would have taken off um Ohio though has a strong soccer deal. So cool. We're trying to put our best cities forward. So they sorry you don't make the cut. Like no offense to Cincinnati and Cleveland and 
Columbus, but it's our nation's capital. Our nation's capital is not hosting a World Cup match, which is kind of bizarre. Um, but I did see, speaking of World Cup selections, someone had a funny comment of, I was kind of hoping FIFA was going to name one rural, small-town America town out of the blue to catch everyone off guard just so they'd have to figure it out. Just look at that small town and be like, figure it out. Build me a giant stadium. (laughs) That's what we were talking about is like happy that when you have it in a place like North America, you're not having to build stadiums and it's so much better of a economic. Right, but it would have been hilarious just to be like, you know, Starkville, build a World Cup ready stadium. (laughs) There's your Mississippi State. No, put it in Mississippi State and have them take over. Yeah, just (laughs) random Jackson Hole, Mississippi, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Figure it out. Time to build a World Cup stadium. Like, that would have been hilarious. It would have been crippling for the economy of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, but I would have laughed. Yeah, it'd be something. I, I, yeah, it'd be something. Luckily, our country in general uh, for this kind of stuff operates like, we have enough stuff on hand that we don't have to build that much. That's, that's good. Um, the other thing that was introduced to me last night uh, wasn't as much of an idea from Dan, but it was a card game from Dan. We played Uno with a twist. And I mean, initially I'm like, I want to play it. Like, get it out. Let's play it. We're playing it right now. And, but then like, as we're sitting there looking at these cards come out of the deck and there's a couple that are different. I was like, I don't, how is this going to work? It was Uno wilds only. So you had the familiarity of Uno, and a lot of the cards, you know, are what you're used to seeing. The Wild, the Draw 4, um, there's a Draw 2, but there's no color. They're all black Wild cards, and you have to maneuver the game only using Wild. So as Dan said before it even started, it is cutthroat. I mean, everybody's picking up cards a lot, but also you're able to dump cards easily, too. You're playing every time it's available for you to play. You're not skipped or something. You get to play a card. So that's nice. It was fun. It was a nice little alternate of all the Uno craziness games that I've played. I actually might like it the best. Uh, The Uno dice game was the worst thing I've ever played. So that's at the bottom of the list. But, you know, just some of these other ones that they have out there where there's a little twist to the rules, the Uno flip where you flip your cards to the backside and stuff like that. I like this better than that, I think. So, uh, it's interesting to try. It's not, you know, I wouldn't sit down nightly to play this. Like during the summer, uh, uh, our family will play a lot of Uno and, you know, somewhat nightly situations of playing Uno. I'm good with the original for that. I wouldn't play this every night, but it was a good little alternate that had, you know, enough familiarity, um, but enough little mix-ups in the rules that I, that I enjoyed it. There was the card that before we played, I was like, I'm not, I don't like this card existing, was the switch hands with somebody else card. Oh. I hate that. I want my strategy I want to stick with my yeah, strategy. Yeah, but that's why I like that card. But there's only three of them in the entire deck, so it just didn't play as big of a role as I was afraid it would. Uh, so that was good. And, and knowing there was only three in the deck really helped too. Like once two got played, you know, you know, the other one's probably down in the deck somewhere, so you could you could roll a little easier. So it was fun. It was good. Um, it was good. It was fun to play with the family too. So the yeah. you know extended family with the the cousins and nieces and. Uh, we had we had nine players playing that first hand, which was fun. Um, so it was good. That sounds good. Um, 
you shouldn't have said like I recommend. Yeah, trying. you shouldn't have That's said on a podcast in case I ever play that game with you. You should not have said that you don't like that card for that reason. Because now, even if it's not, yeah. yeah, even if it's not in my best interest to flip hands with you, I will do it just to annoy you. Like even if there was someone else that it would be more beneficial to switch with them, I would choose you. Yeah, that's fine. That's I I'm glad that. you make decisions that are not good for you. I'm there to win, so I'm good. If you're gonna make decisions that only hurt you, I'm, I'm it's good. no, it would hurt you still. But like, if it was, let's say for instance, we're playing and Dan the Man has the fewest cards, so it actually helps me if I switch with Dan the Man. Which but there's also you. And I have more cards than you, but you have more cards than Dan. I would still switch with you just because I know it's going to bother you and rattle your your strategy. Yep. It's fine. I love that. I, I am into that. Um, <laughs> so my week has been a bit of a roller coaster, unlike the Orioles, which are just a rocket ship straight to the sky <laughs> right Yeah, now. this is a high... Uh, always stay high. I will say, drunk. like, I, and I told this to you, I'm going to say it on the podcast now. Like, when the Orioles won yesterday, one nothing in a thrilling game after, you know, walking off the Angels two straight nights before that, and we've won our seventh straight game, and the team is just playing better. It's more fun. Orioles Twitter's fun. We're all, we're all having a good time. I was driving to make a Sheets run uh, and then have, you know, a game night with some friends online on the PS4, and I was just like, man, I am absolutely loving baseball. I want to go to more games. I don't think anything could ruin this mood. And then the universe heard me internalize that thought and said, bet. So um, now before that, this this happens before this. I leave my sunroof open, and it gets rained like a just someone had taken my car in a car wash and just left the sunroof open on Wednesday. So that storm, I had my sunroof open, which meant everything inside was just totally ruined and wrecked. Um, except for the radio gear, thank God. <laughs> but, which was a concern. You were sitting right I came strong through that part of Stanton, too. Yeah, it was a concern. Uh, but it survived. Um, when did you realize it was open? Like, after the storm? Yeah. Or, like, during... Okay, I was going to say, during it, I would have gone out and closed it. Oh, my gosh. During it, I would have, too. But, yeah, Yeah. no, it was after. Um, End of the workday is when I noticed. Idiot. Yeah, that that, (laughs) there were some other words before idiot (laughs) that I had for myself. Um, But uh, so I have a wet car seat that I'm driving to Covington because it hasn't rained in Covington (laughs) until I get 10 miles outside of Covington. And then I see another (laughs) thunderstorm, and I'm like, oh, this isn't great. And I get to Covington, and that's when I'm told, Oh, hey, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, the game got rained out. And I'm like, cool. Um, On the list of, like, worst things to do in life is drive to Covington for no good reason. Yeah. Because driving to Covington for a reason isn't really high up a list. But driving to Covington for no reason. So in that moment, I'm like, I've had a bad day. There's an Applebee's here. Let me get a, you know, (laughs) not fast food meal. Let me get a not fast food meal. my life. Yeah, that's not not great, but I mean it's Covington. You know so. you're a down spot with Applebee's. <laughs> is the thing that's gonna bring you up. I was like, <laughs> let me just sit here at the Applebee's, get get something and get a drink, watch maybe some of this O's game, and then get back on the road. <laughs> the Applebee's is closed. And I was like, Well, 
It's official. There is nothing in Covington to draw me here other than literally work. You go to Applebee's and uh, uh, another place. Uh, Lexington and Waynesboro. Ruby Tuesdays back at Lexington. Yeah, at that point, I was just, at that point, we were just drive home. <laughs> Straight to the lawn jobs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so what I ended up doing, and I will, I'll give a shout out to the Greenleaf Grill. I've eaten there before. I knew I was getting something good. Love the Greenleaf Grill. Got some takeout. Got the uh, crab and chicken gumbo, which is delicious. And then um, actually ate both bowls. I got two, thinking one could be great for to reheat for lunch the next day. But I was just loving life so much, I just ate both. Um, that that was Wednesday. So I was able to – it's dried out now. I just got to give up on some of these papers for radio purposes I was hoping to maybe save on too. But I just got to throw them out. Um, but the universe heard me yesterday say that nothing could ruin my mood. And then my external hard drive appeared to maybe die on the PS4, which would have been a problem. So for those not familiar, the PS4 does not have a ton of memory on it. So I got an external hard drive so I can have you know some of these other games and not have to play a game of whack-a-mole and musical chairs with what games are on and which games I leave in the library not on the PS4. Well, the external hard drive appeared to crash, which I have gotten to the point where I just put everything on the external hard drive. So that was like all of the games, everything on there, which I was terrified of losing. But after dealing with it until 2 a.m. and finally giving up, this this afternoon when I got back uh, from breakfast, it was working. I was able to repair the external hard drive, and so far it is working as I'm watching the Orioles beat the angels which is good so hopefully it still works if not i will be taking uh recommendations for external hard drive repair places also if you have a recommendation just for somebody who maybe can help me dry these seats if there ends up being mildew in them um you got some windows rolled down and that's well that's what i have right now but yeah yeah um probably like a shot back like sucking the water out of them jesus I, i mean that's what he would probably tell you too. That is probably what he would tell me too. <laughs> but then it's his like, problem. I don't know. It's like the oil change stuff. <laughs> Could I learn how to change my oil? Yeah, it's not that hard. But do I want to? No. Well, I'm glad you've had at least some ups. I'll, I'll be happy for you for that. Yeah, it's been good. And like some of the downs being self-inflicted. Okay. But yeah, that's look, that's there's no one to blame but that. Now, the... Yeah. The not getting the call about the rain out was one yeah, that's, that, that one's that was different. I would, I would complain about that one ever since you told me about that one. I shared with you how ridiculous I was glad uh, you had told that. me that speakerphone early in the yeah. conversation. <laughs> as soon as we started talking, I get sense. Yeah, Leland knows when I call, he can tell just by the tone of my voice. Oh, is this gonna be, you yeah. know, when you call when I think you should be on air? I, <laughs> yeah, Joe's probably not happy speakerphone like as soon as it was it was hey joe you're on speakerphone and i was like god yeah. <laughs> i think you were like hey and i was like yeah you're on speakerphone so. <laughs> yeah and i was like got it so that was good good message um young ears <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to i don't want to taint the young ears but oh, um, they've heard it but i want it to be you that does it though yeah that's fine i control yeah. Then it. Then you can't get mad at me, and more importantly, Stephanie can't get mad I, at me. 
I, I probably would still wouldn't get mad at you. I just, that's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah. Matt Vaskersian. I'm uncomfortable, but, um, <laughs> I put you there before. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that would be great. Uh, but, I don't have any Disney recommendations this week. I do think that will, as the Valley League season winds down, that there is a chance that that may happen again. We watched next week. Next week, I'll talk about the bad guys. It's not Disney, but it's a DreamWorks. I'll uh, I'll have my review of the bad guys for next week. I saw the commercial for that. I'm not interested, but I'll listen to your review. I just didn't. Our listeners will (laughs) hear it next week. Yeah, I I did not look like about how you rank uh, Billy Joel songs while I talk about bad guys next week. I mean, is it good? No. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's DreamWorks. No offense to DreamWorks. Positive moments, but no offense to DreamWorks. But I mean, I'm all for competition, but sometimes it's like, okay. I don't mind the I don't mind the Minions and the Despicable Me universe. I forget that that's DreamWorks. Like that's so good. I forget that that's DreamWorks. Yeah, I I don't mind the Minion universe. Shrek is also DreamWorks, but Shrek is harder for me because, like, there's so many jokes that are like only for adults, and like when when you grow up, you'll realize like the dirty joke that you heard when you were a kid. I don't appreciate those. Oh, I think that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind jokes in Disney movies, particularly that like do like, you know, get it when you're older, but like, it's not inappropriate. It doesn't take away your innocence at some point. Like it's some like Shrek is full of those jokes that are just like, you're going to look at that movie completely different when you grow up. Yeah, I guess I do even now. And I still think it's funny. So, yeah. That's just my sense of humor, though. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Let's talk more next week on the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. We will make sure you guys tell your friends to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, um, at Yak Sports Pod is our screen name for those. And also, you can email us at yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed because, like today, where we're recording in daylight again, not in the same room, but still in daylight. Uh, these episodes can drop at any given time, so make sure you subscribe so you can grab it because um, it's not always Tuesday nights. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.